Hello everybody, welcome back to the Greenwood and Milner Show here on Newcastle Fans TV. Today, Sam and I are joined by the England Boxing National Amateur Champion. She's also a Lance Corporal, so she's certainly someone that you will not want to mess with. But she is a massive Newcastle United fan, so it's a pleasure to have Terry Stewart here on the Greenwood and Milner Show. Terry, welcome to the show. Um, first things first, congratulations, England Boxing National Amateur Champion. What a surreal few weeks for you. Yeah, I was buzzing. Um, a lot of hard work spent into it. So it was good to get that win in the final and, uh, yeah, come out as champion. Yeah, it's unbelievable. And now we've we've spoke to, to many professional boxers on the show before, Terry, but going through the amateurs, what is that like? What what does winning a tournament that you've just done? What does that entail? How many fights are you having a day, or or, or is it across a weekend? How does it work? Yeah, so first of all, you start off by doing your regions, um, to even qualify getting into the championships itself. So being in the army, I come under um, the UK Armed Forces region, um, but for females, there was no one in my category, so that puts you straight through to championships. But some of the boys, for example, have to box off. So that'll be the first round. Um, and then you can go into pre-quarters, um, quarters and semis on the same weekend and then to your finals. So there's quite a lot of rounds this year. I ended in at the quarterfinal stages. And um, so that was on the, I think it was the 15th of April. So boxing the quarterfinals and um, won that bout. And then next day on the Sunday, boxing the semifinals um, and won that about as well which put me through to the finals in the next weekend so it's quite a busy few weeks it is and what what, what do you kind of like how how is it mapped out are you targeting the next olympics for example how 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 what how does it work or are you just not bothering with the olympics or are you are you does that harbor ambitions to to turn pro no I'd, I'd love to um progress as far as i can in my amateur career at first um, I, I have always thought about going pro, but I'd love to try and make the Olympics, uh, even represent my com uh, country and GB, and try and make the GB squad and box at like sort of the World Games, the Europeans, Commonwealths, and then obviously the pinnacle would be the Olympics. Well, from what from what I could hear, <laughs> from what I could hear, it all sounds amazing and so positive right now, Terry. Um, We'll talk a little bit about yourself and how everything's going for you uh, later on in the show. But first things first, I can see that you kitted out with the Newcastle United shirt. And it was just a few days ago in that shirt, Newcastle beat Everton by four goals to one. Um, what was your, what's your earliest memories of Newcastle United? Uh, yeah, so I can't remember my first game, but I was definitely going to matches with my nana about the 2008 season. I, I remember getting relegated. So I... Um, I remember going to games, we used to sit in uh, the Leasers East Stand right on the corner. And yeah, just it was just class watching Chola Amiori score some goals, so it was good. Yeah, there, there wasn't a lot to cheer about around that time, especially that relegation season. But uh, things are better now. Yeah. <laughs> things, are, things are a lot better now. Um, what, what, what do you make of the form this team's in and some of the players we've signed? It's just... It's got to be, apart from maybe the fifth place, well, no, this season's going to be better than the fifth place finish. It's got to be the best season you've experienced as a Newcastle fan. Yeah, well, 
with um, Tottenham getting beat, we've confirmed for European football now, aren't we? So, but some of the players that we've signed, I think the they're great players within themselves, but they also fit into the squad that we already had um, really well. Um, and I think like Trippier, so he was one of the first in. He really changed a lot for the players that we already had because he was such like a you could sort of see like the leader presence that he brought in. Even when he got injured and he was like standing on the side, well. Like, it was unreal. Um, but I think, like, even the progression of some of the players that we've already had, like, Jordan and look at him, like, how he's come on. It's just, like, insane from how he went as, like, a struggling striker to, like, one of the best midfielders in the league. Yeah, a couple of weeks ago, we did, like, our all-time um, worst Premier League Newcastle eleven, And if we'd have done it a couple of years ago, we'd have probably had to have included Joe Linton in it. Um, yeah. But now he's just an absolute beast of a midfielder. It's mad, isn't it? What? How much of that do you put down to to Eddie Howe? I think pretty much all of it. Like to be honest, um, but he must have had that drive within himself to you know want to keep pushing, especially during the hard times that we were going through at that point. But then since Eddie's come in, dropped him back a bit, and he, he just seems to be thriving, doesn't he? Yeah, he, cer- he certainly is thriving at this moment in time. Um, what, what's been the game of the season for you? Because I think everyone's got that one game where everyone goes, oh, I can't believe that happened or I can't believe that moment happened. Has it been one game for you, Terry, that's served? Um, Game of the season. It's all been a bit of a whirlwind, to be fair, you know, because like even from last year of where we went for fighting to get out of relegation, then we were sort of looking at middle of the pack. Um, and then to this year... We, we seem to have some games where we went a bit of a lull of not scoring, but probably, probably I, I really enjoyed that Tottenham game. Um, to be honest, because it felt like we like really pulled together. We were sh- showing some sort of like world class football, really, weren't we? Like it was just, and I think you saw it as well. This when um when we played Everton, when we brought Wilson on, sort of like the sort the sort of the way we played just and it was like half a second and it was like wow that's like insane yeah i mean scoring 13 goals in in 7 days that that, that that's that's the newcastle we know and love but um it, it wasn't always that was there ever times like over the past few years like pre takeover and and like ashley and bruce and the, that you that you you questioned your your Geordie faith a little bit um, definitely not. I've always had a love for the club, um, but it was tough at times. It was it was hard to watch, and you were going into games um, thinking like, so, sort of knowing you weren't going to get the outcome that you wanted, but you were just hoping that they would play well. Um, but it was definitely tough, and knowing that we weren't getting the support from the owner, um, so we were kind of hanging on towards the end. Yeah, it, it was tough, but I, I always loved Newcastle. Was there a time when you were growing up where football was maybe a, a, an avenue you wanted to explore, or was it what what kind of turned you towards boxing? Um, so actually, in primary school, I was um, I think there was me and one other girl who used to play for the lads' football team, and uh, we actually get like special permission to play with the lads. So I, I'd love football from when I was younger, and like my tenth birthday, I got a St James's Park tour so it was always kind of neck and neck and then it got to the age of like 
I had to sort of I had to pick one to become better and otherwise they were both gonna struggle. And I just went for boxing, well kickboxing originally, because of the avenues for women's sports were better back then in kickboxing than they were for women's football. Yeah, uh, it's maybe not as savage now for for women's football, and and like there's a lot more opportunities. Have you been following the the Newcastle United women's team at all this season? Because they're one win away from promotion now, and they seem to be getting the the love and attention from the owners that they've needed for years. Um, I haven't actually. I've been seeing bits on what the Newcastle official page have been posting. Um, I think my family went to watch one of the games actually, and I saw they won uh, by six nil. Was it the other day? Yeah. Um, but it's it's good. Like the women team should be getting the same support as the men's, and uh, especially now we've got the the means to like facilitate them properly and give them uh, the facilities that they need. Absolutely, but obviously. A successful club is, I suppose, all built round how, how the men's team are doing at the moment. And have you got your passport renewed, ready, primed <laughs> for, yep. for, for trips to the, the Champions League, possibly next season? I know, that's a perk of uh, living down south, actually. I'm closer to Europe <laughs> than what <laughs> some of the Newcastle fans will be up north still. But no, it'll be exciting times. Yeah, you mentioned being stuck down south. You're in Aldershot. How how does that impact you? You following the games? Obviously, I'm assuming you don't get to as many as you would like, and and you know you're a busy person. How yeah. how 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 are you keeping on top of all these? Are are you like mid round? Are you sneaking your phone, checking the scores on Twitter? What's happening? Oh yeah, definitely. So I normally watch the games, um, and me and my dad sort of have like a running commentary when the games are on, like, what do you think? Who's he going to bring on? Um, but no, I'm always watching the games. Um, it's a bit harder nowadays to get tickets because everyone's, like, rushing to get the tickets for games, even for away games. Um, it's so hard. But I, I do try and I do look. Yeah, I remember a couple of seasons ago, away tickets would go on general sale and now all of a sudden you need 100 points just to even think about going to an away game but yeah it's supply and demand i suppose um what have you made about obviously we spoke about uh, uh joe linton and and his sort of rise from rubbish number nine to prime patrick vieira what have you made of the additions down that spine of the team i'm thinking like sven botman bruno alex isak who just seems to be on another level to what we're used to. Yeah, just the their class players. I think, um, like, you don't realise how much Bruno and Sven do for us, especially Bruno when you're watching him. Like, he just seems to be everywhere. He's always in open space. Um, I think he's just a, a world-class player. And then Isak, he's getting compared to uh, Thierry Henry, isn't he? Saying that he yeah. Could be. Um, but, I mean, he's shown potential of it, like that, how we got past the um, ever uh, was it ever now Tot- Tottenham defenders? I think he got past like eight of them or something like that, and it was just it- yeah. Well, Butman is he's only young, isn't he? But he's it's solid defender. Where do you think we need to improve going into? Uh, you know, obviously, I'm thinking back to when we when we got into Europe after that fifth place finish about. 10 years ago now, it makes you feel old, but 
we didn't sign enough players to sustain a European uh, competition and trying to push on in the league. Hopefully things will be different. And I'm sure things will be different this time. But where do you think we need to strengthen this summer? Um, I think possibly another striker. Um, Wilson's been good, obviously. He's uh, yeah. 33 goals, is it now? But I think it's good to have like some healthy competition. Um, being able to swap the teams around, especially when we're going to be jumping up the amount of games we have per week. Um, and I think maybe midfield and maybe a uh, defender as well. Dan Byrne, he's he's a good lad, obviously a Geordie lad, um, but he's been like beaten a couple of times and uh, just just seems to have a, bit, a few off times. Um, and then Matty Target got brought in the other day, didn't he? And he had an all-right game. So I think maybe a bit of a spread everywhere. I know that I know that sounds like a bit of a, a cop out of the question, but I think a good spread and healthy competition sort of across the team to keep that like competitive and that fighting spirit that we seem to have at the minute. Yeah, competition for places and strength in depth is is what we've missed for the past few years. So I think you're right, especially. Like, what would we bring off the bench like the last couple of seasons? Now, all of a sudden, like when we're four one or uh, three one up at Everton or whatever, we get to bring on a 60 million pound striker. And Alex, he's like, that's, 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 that's a nice change. That's, that's a nice change. So, I mean, like Madison and players like that are the, are the ones that are being linked. Is yeah. he is he someone that you, you think would fit the bill? Um, I think it would be good. You know, he's a, he's a good player. Um, but it's all about, I think, depending on that team, um, like sort of ethos that Eddie seems to have. Like he wants the right attitude of player to fit in. I mean, he's got the ability. I think he's a he's a good player, but uh, it depends. It depends whether he's gonna fit in or whether he's gonna cause a sort of like rupture between the team. I think that's a good point, you know, because we were talking about Anthony Gordon the other day and. Yeah. For all, all things considered, he's, he seems a good lad, but he's not had the start he'd maybe wanted and getting hooked off at half-time, although I don't think he played that bad at all in the first half against um, against Southampton. Um, he, should have, he should have put one away at the very least, but is it still too soon to judge him and, and do you think there's, there's more to come from him? Because they obviously see a lot of potential in him to spend £40 million on, on, the, on the lad. Yeah, I think so. I think there's, there's glimmers there, like he's got potential um, and he is just a young lad as well, isn't he? Um, and there's a lot of stuff online about, um, so I can't remember who we, but he celebrated with one of our team against us beating Everton and as well as uproar against that. I think he's he still just needs to like maybe settle in a bit, especially because since he's joined, we've sort of had a, a boom, and all of our players seem to be playing like some of the best football that they've played. Maybe you just need to set that little bit more time to settle in a bit more. But I think there's definitely potential in him. Yeah, I agree. It is not all players hit the ground running, do they? And like even like looking at Isak, he had a he had a couple of injury woes early on and and failed to settle in the team and it just goes to show that a bit of time and a bit of patience we might have a, a another another quality player on our hands. Yeah, and it'll be good, especially because we seem to like playing up the wing, don't we? And forcing it out wide, and um, you know when Maxi's on his 
like on some of his like best performances. He's good at getting in between them defenders, and that's normally where we score quite a bit of our goals. So if he can sort of slot into that role, it'll be it'll be mint. I'll just say welcome back. Yeah, <laughs> hi. <laughs> um, you talk about Alan St. Maxim, actually, this is actually a really interesting point, uh, Terry, because I've seen a few people that would actually sell Alan St. Maxim at the end of the season oh. if we got good money, good, good, if we got good money for him. Uh, me and Sam have had the, the pleasure of interviewing Alan, and I, I, I can't see him not being in a Newcastle shirt. It just seems to be in his heart, and I would hate to think that he would leave in the summer, but do you have that fear that he, he, he may leave the club in the summer? Well, he does get a, a bit of stick online, doesn't he? I have seen some of it on uh, on some of the pages and that. But uh, I would like to think that he wouldn't leave. Some of the posts that he puts up, because um, he's just come back from his injury, hasn't he? And he put up a post saying how he's, he's glad to be back in his hometown or something. He said like that. So I'd hope he feels the love. And I think he is a quality player when he's on his day. Um, and he, like some of the stuff that he pulls off, it's just like... Wow, like that, that is class. Um, so I, I hope that he doesn't leave and that he stays like a bit more consistent, but yeah, I agree. And 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 yeah, I love Maxi. And that, that day at the Metro Center we had with him was, was was wonderful. We didn't have any technology issues or anything. Um, but uh, <laughs> <Don't yeah>. <laughs> moving away from players we'd like to keep, like who do you think is susceptible to maybe leaving this summer? Because Obviously, it takes time to build a proper squad to to really get to where, like the richest club in the world, apparently want to be. So, who who do you think's in danger? Who would you be maybe getting rid of now? Um, I think definitely some of the players who we had. I can't I can't think of any names in all of them blank. But there's a few defenders. Um, I can't even think of the names, but like some of the players who we had before we got taken over, um, who haven't quite like met up to the mark. I can't. I'm say I've gone blank. I can't think. So I, I, I'm thinking about like the Southampton game yesterday. Put out. I don't know if you would have noticed this, um, Johnny, but Paul Dummett was waiting to come on, and then the full time whistle went, so he, he 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 couldn't even get his appearance fee. Bless him. But yeah, that, that that just made me feel a bit sorry for him. But he's you know he's been there ten years, and I'm and I'm guessing he's one of the players you're alluding to, Terry. And that you know it, it it might be time for someone like that to move on. Yeah, and and maybe. Like maybe someone like Lascelles. I mean, he has got had a lot of commitment. He stayed captain, but even when we brought in Trippier, so um, you know he's got a lot of heart. But I just don't know, like if certain players are up to the sort of European level. I mean, it'd be sad to see them go because of they kept us up. But then you're also taking that next step, aren't you? To, okay. You you say you say that about like players that aren't up to European level though. Like I remember some of the players like last time we were in Europe that we had they were just terrible, and we did we did okay. But yeah, you're right. Strength in depth is is something that we really need. So there, there, there's still a few that maybe need to go a bit. But it's important not to forget just how important they were in kind of getting us back up to the Premier League and keeping us there under under Rafa and and Steve Bruce. Yeah, definitely. It's a bit bittersweet, isn't it, of uh, of who you would have to get rid of to make room for more 
Yeah, I think it was like that as well with like getting rid of John Joe Shelby in, in January because I don't know about you, but I thought maybe it was a bit of a mistake just because it might have left us a bit short in midfield. But then like you've seen what has happened now. Maybe, yeah. it, was a good, maybe it was a good decision after all. I thought that as well, you know, and I didn't expect it at all. I didn't expect him to move. Um, but then you've got it opened that opportunity, you know, Sean, uh, Sean Longstaff, Sean through a bit, hasn't he? And he's sort of uh, been performing well recently. Um, so maybe it was actually like a bit of a blessing in disguise, although it was sad to see John Joe go. It sort of uh, created that chance for other players who were maybe switching with him or um, like coming on as a sub for John Joe to sort of take that chance to be a first starter. Yeah, I, I think it's a good point about Sean Longstaff as well. And like speaking of Sean Longstaff, Joe Linton, and I'd throw Jacob Murphy in there as well. And and Almiron. Um, Eddie Howe seems to be getting improvement out of these players that that were here pre-takeover. And how much is it, how important is it, do you think, speaking as as someone in sport, what sort of an impact does a good coach make on an individual? Oh, I think the most important. And uh, I think you've definitely seen that since Eddie's taken over. But, like, from my experience, like, the the nerves and the pressure that it could be on you, um, obviously football is massive, so the the sort of, like, social media influence that I can have on to have that strong leader and he seems to, like, set a, a game plan sort of up. It, it's obviously, like game change and really and you can sort of see it as well like um when we played Southampton sort of the change from going in going from the end of the first half into the change rooms and coming back out on the second half because we only um swapped Wilson didn't we but the the whole team dynamic shifted and we were like playing totally different football yeah I think it was a case of once we'd made that that change and once we got one the flood like the floodgates would have opened and that seems to have been the case for like the past few games now. Once we get one it just goes crazy. <laughs> I mean if it if it, if Sun if the previous Sunday against Tottenham was a boxing match, the referee would have stepped in and waved it off pretty early on, wouldn't it? Yeah, I think so, yeah. But like like speaking about a, a good coach or whatever, how does that sort of impact you in, in um in the boxing ring and has there been times where at the end of a round where you've had the first half like Newcastle had against Southampton and you've had to change things around and the coaches either done something, spotted something that you're not doing or how's that how's that impacted you as of yet? Well, maybe it hasn't. Maybe you're just blasting everyone away. <laughs> but not not quite as lucky as uh, smashing people in the first 20 minutes. But um, but definitely the coach. And I think you've got to have a lot of trust in coach. Um you know, from like me being in there, I can't see certain stuff that my coach can see from the outside. So when they're giving you that advice, you know, to take that and put it in action and trust what they're saying. And you, it's not a long time that you box for. It's only nine minutes within the amateurs. Mm. So you've got to really make in between the rounds and that feedback count. And if something's working that there, you need to try and overcome that. Um, so all from your coach, really, and and then then like spurring you on because it does get tiring. You know, you're getting battered in the head for nine minutes. So for them to like sort of fire up and keep you driving, really. 
Yeah, I mean, how like because we all see most most like the casual boxing fans see that you know the the fighters at the top of the game they'll fight once or twice a year and have training camps for eight six to eight weeks or whatever. But what does what does the the schedule of an amateur look like? In that, how often are you fighting? What's your preparations? What, how often are you, do you have to stay fitting in the gym and like time off? Like we can't yeah. all spend six six months in Miami. So, um, like with my experience with the within the army, so we're a full time training program. Um, so we come back from end of season in um, normally about late August September, and we'll train right through to. Um, the end of June and that'll be our full season then you'll get July August off sort of as like is your down rest period um, in like your summertime to a bit of relax and then you'll come back at the end of August and back in for another season Um, but the the championships which is sort of like the main competition um, in amateur boxing runs um, throughout April so that's like what you're building up for and you have um, like a set program so in between that we have uh, sort of like warm-up fights um practice bouts we'll do certain competitions to get us ready but we'll kick in for the end of april for championships we peaked at the right time then didn't you <laughs> <laughs> so that, that was very good so so what does that open anything up avenue wise to do you now go on to progress to to, to european ones or, or how, how does it work what sort of next so um because i've I've won the final um i go on to box tri nations now so that's representing england we're going to be boxing against um the welsh and the scottish um 63 kilogram champion so that's my weight category that i'm under um and i also have um gained a spot for a trial with gb in england so my first one is this coming weekend and then i have another one in the start of june so i'm looking forward to that so are these events open to the public? So can can people come in and watch? Um, yeah, you can watch the Tri Nations. Um, so it's taking place in Rotherham this year um, at the Magna. I think it's like Magna Science Centre or something. It's called like that. Um, yeah, open to the public. Uh, right, <laughs> I'm going to get on the phone to War Flags. <laughs> that is, is what 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 is the ultimate dream for you? Is it is it sort of big fight in Vegas or headlining the O2 like Savannah did with Clarissa Shields not so long ago, or is it Utilitar Arena, Newcastle, War Flags, or St James's Park with with the flags? What 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 do you sort of dream about at night? Um, I would love to obviously have a, a boxing at home. And um, well, actually, the finals of the championships this year was in Newcastle. So if I could go pro, you know, in the future and um, further down the line and then box at Newcastle again, that would be insane. Um, but, yeah, I'm just, for me personally, I'd just like to try and push myself as far as I can get in the amateurs and then turn over, um, depending on, obviously, me, uh, how my life's going, if I'm injury-free, et cetera, and then push, me for myself, push myself as far as I can in the professional ranks as well. There's no rush, I suppose, is there? That's that's that's, that's the yeah. thing. I'm only 23, so I'm still young. Yes, I've got a, a lot of time on me to play on my hands, which comes to my advantage. Yeah, absolutely. So, like, who are you looking up to in the world of boxing at the moment? Who who are you, who do you aspire to to be like? 
Yeah, so I do love Savannah Marshall. I think she's class. Um, and I'm looking forward to her fight coming up soon. Um, and also Karis as well. You know, Karis um, is now turned over pro. Yeah. But, like myself, boxed at the Olympics. And I was a professional boxer. Um, I think she's maybe like five and or something like that. So she's doing well. And yeah, just all the girls. I think uh, she made her pro, uh, her pro debut on the uh, Savannah Clarissa undercard, didn't she? Yeah, it was, yeah. I'd, I couldn't remember whether it was a debut or it was a second fight because I was there that night. Um, and I was really, really impressed, really impressed with her. There was, there was quite a lot on that uh, card. Obviously, April, who we've had on the on the show before, April Hunter was on the card, and Georgia O'Connor, who, who again has been on the show. She, she, you're a long line of... Northeast female boxers that have cut that we've had on. Where do you think? Because female sport is just on the up and up and up and up and up, and it's and it's fantastic to see. Where do you think it'll be by the time you turn pro? Where will you be making the mega money like like the men are? Well, I'd like to think so for but we own benefit. Yeah, for the benefit of the sport. Well, I think you know. You sort of see with girls like, you know, Karis, Savannah Marshall, um, Katie Taylor, Trent L. Cameron, all the big names like that, they are like professional athletes. Because um, I think women's sport gets a bit of a, a rep as maybe not being as good as the blokes, but... Oh, um, so is. Yeah, and it's a... You normally get like a higher punch volume and it's a bit faster pace with the women's as well. So it is exciting and I think... Uh, it has that room and support to grow now, so I hope it just keeps going and gets as big as the men's. Yeah, I mean that 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 show that like, referred to before Savannah and Clarissa Shields with like the all female card at the OT. What a, what a fantastic night of boxing that was! It's just a shame Tom Grennan had to come on before the main event and start singing. That was a shame. Was, I don't understand why. These musicians have to worm their way into sporting events. Maybe that's just me. I don't know. But um, I want to get your opinion on a couple of, of, of future boxing bouts because as people who've watched the channel before, now I'm a huge boxing fan. Um, and the fight I'm most looking forward to in the near future is Katie Taylor, Chantel Cameron. Yeah. I've always thought, and you can check my Twitter history, my tweet history, I've always said Chantel Cameron is the one to beat Katie Taylor. Where do you see that fight going? So I've actually sparred Chantel myself and she is a big puncher. Um so it'll be it'll be exciting one. Uh in a in a way I hope I hope not Katie because it would be I would love for her to retire being like the best of the best. But I, I would probably bet on Chantel as well. I think, I think she can beat her. Yeah. Yes, I do too. So I'm and I'm not hoping, but I, I would think that's that's what would happen. Do you think? Because like watching Taylor's fight against um, Serrano, I thought because obviously in women's boxing as well, there's two minute rounds, three minute rounds. What what you know? Should it go up to three minute rounds? Yeah. I thought if that was a three minute round fight. I thought Katie Taylor would be very, would have been very, very vulnerable. As I, I thought, the bell may have saved her a couple of times against Serrano. 
and and the tough girls as well and when you when you're going at that high pace and especially with someone who's got power like Cameron um and maybe like a bit of youth on our side like it's tough especially when you get to them later rounds and you're fighting you've been fighting for 18 minutes non-stop that's when it that's when it's going to count isn't it I think yeah I, I, I think uh I'm an old beater. Yeah, I feel. Well, no, no, no. I, I, I'm just chuffed that the the fighter agrees with me. Um, but you know, what well, that's got to be invaluable experience sparring someone like Chantel Cameron because she's a class class operator. And I don't, I don't want to go into you know, you shouldn't talk about sparring stories and whatnot. But did you manage to clip her a couple of times and maybe made her think a little bit? Well, she definitely clipped me, but I was like <laughs> a couple on it. Different, so like with the amateurs to the pros, the pros is a is a is a bit slower than the amateurs, but more it's a bit more clinical. Like, is in you're thrown to hurt, whereas amateurs is like sort of you're thrown to score. Um, but yeah, she was tricky. She had she had like obviously the tricks of the pro game and hit hard. So that wasn't <laughs> it was a good experience, but it was also a tough experience. Yeah. Yeah, but it's invaluable experience as well at the end of the day, isn't it? She's an absolute world class fighter. Um obviously the big headlines in, in all of boxing, I think whatever area you're in is always gonna be the heavyweights. Who's the best heavyweight on the planet, Usyk or Fury? Let's see if I'll let you answer this one first and see if we agree again. For me, I love Fury. I, I love Tyson Fury, but I think Usyk's a, a step above. Oh, see, you couldn't write it. I agree. I agree. Yeah. If if they were to ever fight, how does how does it go down? Um, I think it goes. I think it goes into the later rounds. I don't know if so. Usyk is good. He's, he's clever, but I don't know if he could knock him out. I mean, you saw with Deontay Wilder, Tyson Fury, literally like hit the deck, then he and then he rose from the dead to come back. So, but I don't know because I think Usyk isn't a natural heavyweight. He's he's a bit lighter. Um, so I don't know if he has power to knock him out. So I would say win on points. But yeah, I think he would be, in my opinion, I think he'd be busier, like throw, throw more than what Tyson would. Um, but then you've got that risk of like Tyson hits hard. He is the bigger man, so that could mess up his game plan. But yeah, you. Me. I I agree with everything you've just said. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I've nothing to add other than that. I, I don't think. Fury likes fighting smaller, smaller, smaller men. I, I think like he, he struggles, and I think obviously Fury's a tremendous, tremendous boxer for for a guy of his size. But Usyk is the one man who can be outsmart him and outpace him, and and just can be quicker than everything. Yeah, I I, I agree, I agree. But um, final one for you, Terry. What happens first? Newcastle United Premier League champions, yeah. or Terry Stewart world champion. <laughs> I think Newcastle United Premier League champions. Um, I think you know we've been showing like a lot of uh, good gameplay 
Um, we've got the drive, we've got the fire, the fans are behind everyone, uh, the fans are behind the team. I think, yeah, I think n- next coming years, maybe give it a good few years, but I think, you know, we're up there, we're in the top three already. So it just depends how we progress going on to next season, doing so well this season. We'll, we'll, we'll keep climbing that little bit further, two more steps up. Well, we will have our fingers crossed for that and for yourself as well. We'll be watching your career in the amateurs and then one day in the pro game as well. We'll be watching very, very closely um, and we'll put links in the description. We'll hunt down the uh, the Tri-Nations event and uh, get yourself to Rotherham, War Flags. Let's give it some. Let's, let's give Terry some support. So, uh, anyway, that is all from us here on the, well, the not-so-Greenwood and Mulliner show. The, the, the Stuart and Mulliner show today. But we'll see you all next week. 